Paris, France, home of the finest restaurants and the greatest chefs in the world. All my life, I've wanted to be one of them. You may think that's a strange dream for a rat, but I always believe that with hard work and a little luck, it's only a matter of time before I'm discovered. Do you know what would happen if anyone knew we had rats in our kitchen? Go! Take it away from here, garbage boy! Don't look at me like that! You're the one who was getting fancy with the spices! I need this job. I've lost so many. I don't know how to cook, and now I'm actually talking to a rat as if you... Did you not? You understand me? I can't cook, but you can, right? Look, don't be so modest. You're a rat for Pete's sake. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? We just need to work out a system so that I do what you want. Stop that! Stop what? Stop that! Clicking me out! I want to make things, Dad. Stay away from the humans. It's dangerous. Now shut up and eat your garbage. How did you do that? Ratatouille? You're in Paris now, baby. My town. Hey. Bonjour, everybody, and welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And before we get into Ratatouille, the movie, not the musical, we have some important news to talk about at the top of the show. This weekend, you can join me, Devin, and Ryan over on Victims and Villains Twitch channel as part of their 24-hour live stream. They will be going live from noon to on Saturday to noon on Sunday, and we are going to be part of that. It'll be a 24-hour stream of podcast, gaming, and a whole bunch of mental health resources. So if you get the chance, click click the link in our description to go check it out Saturday and Sunday, and be sure to follow us on our socials to find out when we will be going live. Um, because otherwise, you're going to have to wait until next week to hear us talk about The Mandalorian. So... Make it's gonna sure, be a good one. Yeah, make sure to tune in for that this weekend. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this weekend before we get into the show? Uh, it's my first ever live thing. I think it's gonna be really cool. I'm really excited for it. I'm I'm in the same boat as Devin. I've yeah. never done anything live like this before. Well, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. We have. But we, it was we've done Facebook. It lives. was on Facebook, and it was very yeah. small time. That's right. Well, I was just <laughs> texting you guys that time. I'll actually like you'll see my face, and I'll be reacting. Yeah, we've worked out all the technical glitches, <laughs> so we'll be we'll be live and part of the stream. So it'll be a lot of fun, and I know Josh has a lot of fun things planned over there. So okay. make sure to check that out. And without further ado, uh, that's all the French I know. So, today we're talking about Ratatouille, uh, and this was Devin's pick. So, Devin, go ahead and take it away. All right. So, today we, like Alan said, we are talking about uh, Pixar's first ever movie to not be released on VHS. That's right, Pixar's Ratatouille. Uh, A little bit about this movie. This movie was a 2007 movie. It was directed by uh, Brad Bird and Yen Pinkava. Uh, Brad Bird, you might know from Incredibles 1 and 2. He also did The Iron Giant. Uh, Yen, or Jen Pinkava, uh, directed uh, the Pixar short Jerry's Game, which is one of my favorites. And she also did the animation for A Bug's Life in Monsters, Inc. It is Pixar's eighth feature-length movie. 
Um, so this is a movie uh, came out, like I said, 2007. I have seen just about every Pixar movie in theaters, and I obviously saw this one in theaters. Uh, and I had loved it ever since. And it's awkwardly had kind of a resurgence lately um, in popular culture. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, because I think it's important to bring up when we're talking about this movie. But first, let's just talk about the movie itself. So uh, Ryan and Alan, have you guys seen it before? Uh, if you saw it before, what'd you think? I had not seen it before. This is why we're mm -hmm. doing it for the show, because I have never seen this movie from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, I saw it when it came out, and mm -hmm. it was probably one of the first Pixar movies I bought on DVD. So I did not know that VHS little nidbit, Devin. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite fact yeah. about this movie, by the way. Okay. I'm trying to think. So the last one that they released on VHS would have been Cars. And I don't think I've ever seen a Cars VHS. I wonder if they did like a very limited run of it. Because like, I think Cars VHS would be fun. Because Cars is like, I know like Warner Brothers stopped doing VHS tapes in 2004 with Harry Potter <clears throat> and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Like that was, really, that, that was, was their last one. That was, I thought that was the last major wide release of a VHS tape, but I could be wrong. If I mean, this Disney's was... really late to the game. Well, Disney also has that market of little kids, and with TV VCR combos being what they were in the early 2000s, it doesn't surprise me that they would still have VHS tapes into 2007. That's true. Did you guys ever have the TV VHR combo? I did. I had the, you did? I had a TV VCR DVD combo. Oh, see, that's cool though. Yeah, I think it's still sitting. So in my everything parents. was. I think it's still good. sitting in my parents' house in my old room. So, so like everything was together. So, like on the bottom of the screen, you had the built-in VHS and DVD player. Yeah, and yeah. I remember yeah, one of my one of my Star Wars DVDs broken it, so the DVD player didn't work right. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it just like forever? Like, I'm assuming it was episode two. It was like episode two, like forever, like lodged in part of it. No, it was one of the, I think it was a new hope. It like oh. a piece of it snapped off of the center ring and was just lodged in there. So the, the tray never came out right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, Ryan, what did you think of the movie when you first saw it? Back to, just to abruptly switch back to the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely liked it. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, Pixar was still kind of like the new thing. And it was like, okay, so what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Because you had Toy Story, then you had Cars, and you had some of their other, you know, or it was uh, uh, Bugs Life? Bugs Life was their second movie, their second major. Yeah, major Bugs major. Life was their second movie. Um, so it was interesting to see where they were going. Plus like how good the animation was getting. Um, mm -hmm. and this movie still surprises me even now. Cause I, cause I caught something this last time watching it for the show that I hadn't noticed before. So, and I'll bring that up later. Good. So Alan, what did you think? First, first watch, you've seen other Pixar movies. You've seen their newest stuff. What do you think of this one? This is going to sound weird. And this is all Ryan's fault. This Good. movie was just ripped off by Turbo. <laughs> um, I That's really, really enjoyed, funny. I really enjoyed this. Um, I like Patton Oswalt a lot. I had no, I've known an, enough about this movie to know what it was beforehand. Like I know it's about mm -hmm. the rat cooking, and I, I, I know what Ratatouille is, like the dish, and. 
it most of all it just made me hungry. And I I think it's weird yes. that we're doing this episode this week because this time last year we were doing Chef, which that's really funny. <laughs> um, so I think this is just like Devin. Our birthday week is just the week where we talk about food. It's just so, it has to be. Yeah, we just get hungry this week. Um, so that's a good. You brought up a good thing or a good point that I like didn't think about where you said this was just ripped off by Turbo. I'm assuming you mean that like main character aspires to be something that he's clearly not then becomes the thing. Is that yeah, and main character is an animal that shouldn't be able and... to do that thing. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> okay, so when you said that, I looked some stuff up and there's a uh-huh. review that I found. And, you know, it's mixed. There's people that 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 are like, you know, uh Turbo was the diet version of Ratatouille, or <laughs> I love this one. Pleasant snail Pleasant snail tail turbo laps ratatouille's well worn track. <laughs> That's awesome. But I mean, at the same time, like Turbo came out in 2013, Ratatouille mm-hmm. came out what, 2007? Seven, yeah. So I mean, this is basically kind of like finding th- the same recycled children's storybook with like, you know. This one's about a basketball who wants to be a baseball. This is about a tree who wants to be a, you know, like seaweed or something. Like it's, 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 it's pretty much the same story at its core. So it all depends. Do you like cooking or do you like racing? And then you just go to the movie that best appeals to you. To answer your question, cooking. I like cooking. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm the same way. But also Ryan, can you please write children's books? You have two gems of ideas there. <laughs> the tree who wants to be a seaweed. Seaweed. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to. It was that the first thing kids. that came to mind. I said, "No, it was brilliant." I said, "Tree," and I'm like, "Oh God, what does a tree want to be?" And the only thing I could think of was like under the water seaweed. And people Look, thinking of those giant like seaweed stack things oh, yeah. that are like in bays. So you have a, oh yeah, you have a tree sitting <laughs> on a cliff, looking out over the ocean, just sees seaweed going across the water, traveling, yeah, being able to yeah. like enjoy the waves and just the motion of that instead of just the wind and yeah. being pounded by rain like I guess to just go with the flow and the tree is just like stuck there and the tree longs for that I think we've struck gold guys I think yeah. we need to make this book but the tree doesn't realize the joy of sunlight and it takes that for granted and the and, sun is its friend and then a hurricane comes and blows away the tree into the ocean and then it gets its wish and just floats along <laughs> there we go it's kind of dark <laughs> it, for an ending it, it turns into driftwood. It turns it's, into a, driftwood. It, it's it's a dark ending, but it's also the beginning of Hamilton. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. So, speaking of comparing this to other movies, I had I did a little bit of research about this. This Ratatouille actually has a meta score of ninety six on Metacritic. Uh, it's the best reviewed animated film in general, and it's Metacritic's twenty second best review of all time. And like Metacritic is Metacritic. It is what it is. Uh, a more kind of substantial accolade in its favor. It's the seventh animated film to win uh, the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Um, after Shrek, Spirited Away, uh, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and Happy Feet. So, like, this movie's, like, not like not a slouch. Like, people like this movie a lot. I'm so glad that Happy Feet won over Cars. Yeah, I mean, Happy Feet should have won over Cars. So... This is the second. Really, this is the second Pixar movie that you picked out, right? Uh, uh, second movie that won out of this list, right? Second movie out of that list, yeah. Because um, you said Finding Nemo, 
Finding Nemo Incredibles okay. happened too. And then Happy Feet. So also a Brad Bird vehicle, The Incredibles. So same director. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, and if, so you guys have both seen Incredibles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to bring up a question about this then because I had heard this criticism of things that Brad Bird does. And I want to know how valid you both feel. And this specific criticism happens a lot in Incredibles. And I want to know if you guys saw it in Ratatouille, where people say that Brad Bird is kind of uh, exceptionalist, where there is a very specific group of capable people who can do the capable things, and they're the ones that should be doing it. Not everybody should be doing the incredible thing or the, you know, the great thing, only the select few who are born to do so. Um, this is most prominent in The Incredibles, when The Incredibles uh, plot is that you know, the bad guy basically wants to socialize superpowers, and the whole point that The Incredibles are fighting for is, no, only the super people get to be super people. And he thinks that it's the same, or the, the critic I heard thinks it's the same with Ratatouille, where only the special people can cook, even though they say everyone can cook. Um... I think my main problem with that, looking at Ratatouille, is the mm-hmm. whole the whole point of the movie is everyone can cook, but only a few can be exquisite at it. I think that's the yeah. point the film makes. Like it takes it takes special skill to be as great as a a chef. Like um, oh, what's the what's the guy's restaurant? Gusto. Gusto. Like it takes yeah. a special talent to be like anyone can do it, but it takes mm-hmm. special talent. Like it takes dedication to get to the point where you're magnificent at it. You're that good. Yeah. So I don't know if that's really exclusionary, like the Incredibles. Hmm. I mean, the Incredibles thing, like. Go ahead, Ryan. I don't like the plot of Incredibles, to be fair. I don't like that whole, like, only super people can be super people, and if you're not born super, then screw you. Like, I actually really don't like that. I don't think that's... No, no. I I don't like that review of Ratatouille or The Incredibles, and I don't like that that review that you said. I don't feel okay. like that's no, what no, tell The me. Incredibles was saying. I don't feel like that's uh-huh. what Ratatouille is saying. I'm and, and I'm staying on Ratatouille with this. I'm not even touching oh, no, Incredibles. No, no, no. Go for it. Uh, spoilers. Should we, should we get into that? I mean, because I think that's, we should. It's because that's the cornerstone film. of what I'm going to say. It's okay. yeah, let's do so, it. So yeah. Okay. So the critic says, you know, being a critic, we're you know we're in a position, yada 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 yada. Um, a motto that I used to scoff at is true: anybody can cook. So anybody can cook, but just but just but just like anything else. Um, when it comes to cooking, me, I love chocolate. I mm-hmm. love peanut butter. Do in my mind, would I ever thought to put peanut butter and chocolate together on the same thing? No, because that sounds disgusting to me. And when I eat a Reese's peanut butter cup or a butter finger bar or whatever it is that has peanut butter and chocolate on it, I think it's the, the most disgusting thing on the planet. And I know that people are going to hate me for saying that, but it's true. <laughs> I don't understand how... People like Alan, I'm going to assume Alan can do this because I can't because he does more cooking than I do, Mm -hmm. Um, that 
being able to like taste a cheese and go, oh, this will be good with these mushrooms I just got. To me, it's like, how, why would you even think cheese and mushrooms would, 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 you know, go together? So, I mean, there are people that have the ability to do this type of stuff and it's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing if somebody else doesn't, but everybody can cook. You know what I mean? It's just like everybody can drive, but there's only a certain people out there that have the reflexes to actually race. So to me, like, it's just reality. There's no critics. There's no criticism there saying that, oh, you know, only these special people can do it. It's like, no, even even in the story, they show that the critics mom made the peasant dish of ratatouille. And it was like a soup thing that she made. Mm-hmm. But at the restaurant, it's this, bless you, it's this, um, it's, you know, it's this amazing looking dish that looks great. And I you know if it wasn't for this movie, my wife and I uh, wouldn't have cooked it the one night. And I love ratatouille. I just don't like eggplant at all. Sorry, <laughs> Alan. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> You're not going to offend me by not liking eggplant. You're going to offend me by coming on our podcast and say, like, just talking bad about Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> I'm I'm I I don't I do not like peanut butter and chocolate mixed together. Especially the candy peanut butter where they just dump a ton of sugar in it. It gets well, it's yeah, way I mean, too that's, sweet. That's that's fair. Like I'll give you that. I mean, yeah. But... Yeah. Like, I mean a lot of I peanut mean, butter in America is pretty much like that though where it's a lot of sugar plus peanut butter where yeah. it kind of loses yeah. what makes it good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that reviewer that you read that article from, especially about the Incredibles, and I'm not going to get into that because I'll rant for for, for you know an, another 15 minutes. He can sure. go shove that into in the toilet. That whole review can be flushed down the toilet. Yeah, I think that that's reading too much into the Incredibles. Where I think the the heart of Syndrome's arc is he's trying to get revenge against Mister Incredible, and the best way to do sure. that is to make everyone incredible. That way, no one is. He's not special. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think it's just... Yeah, exactly. It's like balancing the yeah. scales just to spite Mr. Incredible for that one time where he told Buddy to go home. Um, but... <laughs> I, I guess that makes sense, yeah. I think that that might be a little bit too deep of a read, like, from that one critic I heard. Like, and it, It's unfair to, to say that about all of Brad, Brad Bird's work just based off of that one movie. Cause I don't really think that's the point of Incredibles two. I don't think that's the point of, uh, the iron giant. I don't think that's the no. point of mission impossible rogue nation. Uh, or no ghost, <laughs> ghost protocol. That's the one. He I did. didn't bring that one up on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, if Tom Cruise is the only person who should be running on the side of buildings, cause he's the only one who would. So that's true. Jackie Chan. Who am I? Okay. We're going to be doing that movie at some point as soon as it shows up on some streaming service because I'm not having you guys rent it because it's not worth the money. But it's definitely a good film. (laughs) I'm down for it. So, Ryan, I wanted to get your read on this because I just watched this movie for a second time. What was your second watch of this movie like? Okay, second watch, as in like the second time I ever saw it or the second time I just saw it? My (laughs) my assumption was you just watched this for the second time. Uh, How was your possibly 20th watch of this movie? (laughs) That's more accurate. Okay. Um, so I love this story simply because it, I mean, it's, 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 it's the same story as turbo. It's somebody who has been told their entire life that like, this is your life. This is your path. You can't stray from this. And it's like, you know what? No giant middle finger. I'm going to 
do <laughs> my own thing, regardless if I have four legs or two and mm -hmm. or or or, you know, no legs and you leave a slime trail behind you. But anyway, um, the I just I love the message of it. And especially being somebody who was kind of given the impression his entire life that I had like a very narrow look at my future because mm -hmm. of all the issues that I was struggling with as a kid and then realizing, you know what? I don't need those fences or walls. I'm going to see what I can do. And then just busting through them. Like, I really love the core of this story. Mm -hmm. I, my family, my family, uh, lineage. <laughs> did I pronounce that right? Yeah, I yeah. think lineage? I did. Um, yeah, you got it. Yes. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So, uh, possibly could be from France because of our last name. Like, the spelling oh. of our last name changed because... When it comes to my last name, Arno, it's spelled differently in the French language than compared to English. It's got it's got it's got like four more letters on the end of it. It's because um, it's French. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, so that aspect, you know, kind of gears me to it. And the cooking thing, like I'm not a cook. I I, you know, if somebody could burn water, it would be me. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to just like the fascination of the cooking aspect of it and like even the little things. Like I love, I love the dude's apartment. I don't know why he moved. Oh man, I, I love that like little closet apartment? apartment. Yes, I love really? that apartment because of the view. Like that's all I would need. Like that size of an apartment, the rest of my life. If if, if I was going to be single, that's all mm -hmm. I would need because of that view on that window. I don't know, man. That second apartment with like the white walls and that like spiral staircase going up, like. That's, nah, I've oh, lived man. in a house that had windows like that, and believe me, they suck. Oh, do they? They are horrible for installation. You want mm. you, you want draft, especially in how old those buildings are over in Paris. Your heating bill and cooling bill is going to be ridiculous. That's a good point. But he does own a restaurant now. Whatever. He can own the <laughs> restaurant, put stuff in the bank, buy a very nice Dugatti motorcycle, just like his girlfriend, and they can ride the French countryside together. That's a great picture you're painting, though. <laughs> so this is, what, the second Pixar movie we've done in, not this year, but in, what, three months or something like that? Like, this is, a we did Soul last, yeah. and it was yeah. not long ago It was for uh, both... Less than a month ago. For both ago. of you. Was it really that soon? Mm -hmm. It came out yeah, Christmas it was. Wow. So less than, this has been a long year already, 2020. Wasn't it your last movie, actually, that we did? That was, was your movie. Last... Yeah, it, that was your I, last that was movie. Just, that was just a bonus episode. That wasn't part of yeah. the rotation. So, uh, yeah. I'm still considering it his last movie. I'm still considering it. <laughs> I'll take it. So we've watched two Pixar movies pretty close together. How do they compare? What do you guys think? Oh, I'll, I'll start. I like the message of this movie more and think that it's more relatable than Soul is. And I think that overall it had a better kind of direction than Soul did. I like Soul, don't get me wrong. Ratatouille is my top five. Soul is my top ten. I think that's where I'm, I'm like firmly sitting with this movie now. I think the, the messages are pretty similar, though. Like you, They both have to do with uh, finding like pursuing your passions and mm -hmm. at what point does it become too much and where you need to like back off and reflect on like 
your obsession with it. Like it is very similar in those aspects. Um, I maybe it's just because I saw Soul new recently that I, it mm-hmm. was more fresh for me. Like I didn't know what was coming from it. I think I like Soul a little bit more, but sure. I, you know, I I like to judge movies by their soundtracks, but I think for these two, it's going to be tied. Really? Yeah, um, because you got Soul done by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Scott, mm-hmm. and then you have my boy Michael Giacchino doing <laughs> Ratatouille. So it's like, I, like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put Ratatouille on my cooking playlist. Because I'm going to be making a cooking playlist. It's going to be Ratatouille and Chef. Like it's just going to be oh, a soundtrack. Good playlist. Um, good. Two extremes from another. So it'll be that and the the twist from Spider-Man Three. Uh, oh God! Oh no! That's when you burn the food. <laughs> yeah. That's when I take a bite and like, mmm, so good. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think about these two movies? Okay, sorry, I had to take a second to wipe Spider-Man 3 off my head so I could answer I like that that movie's enough to completely derail you. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I threw it out there. Uh, Okay, so... uh, Meet the Robinsons is my very favorite, most awesome Pixar movie ever made. Okay. Um, So, Meet, Meet the Robinsons is my number one, top favorite. Wow. And then in the number two spot, you've got this, you've got Ratatouille, you've got Soul, you've got Cars, you've got I, all of them. Like, you've got Meet the Robinsons, and then you have all the other Pixar films. For me, for me, for me. Meet, for the, me, for Meet me. the Robinsons is not Pixar. That's that's Disney Studios. Okay, well, it's better than anything Pixar's ever okay. made, so I'll, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just, putting that out just there. Just wanted to so. put that out there so the yeah. internet doesn't get mad at us. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was wrong. I'm taking facts, applying them, and changing my point, uh, and, and changing my. Uh, Ryan, this is America. We it. don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, okay, so, so, okay, so, so, okay, so, yeah. Ratatouille's in my top okay. when it comes to Pixar films, just in general. Um, simply because it. I feel that this movie was was the point where Pixar was like, okay, we've given people an idea of of you know the, the kind of stories that we're doing with mm-hmm. you know toys and cars and and Bugs Life, and we're to be like, this is going to be our like flag in the sand, like this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if they invented any new software engines for this for anything i mean maybe for all the different mice and for their hair coming out of the uh uh industrial dishwasher because i love that scene where they're all <laughs> that was poofy. a good scene yeah um but i mean yeah in, in general this is one of my favorite pixar films and i don't watch it that often because i don't want to ruin it because you I consider it? yeah i mean like to me this isn't a cartoon this isn't you know just an animated movie this is a film and I think so. that Pixar's good at that, though. I think that's probably one of my biggest issues with, like, the Pixar versus DreamWorks kind of thing, is DreamWorks seems like it makes movies. Like, they'll make a Minion movie where it's about little yellow things. Like, a banana for, like, an hour and a half, and <laughs> kids will come and see it, and that's it. And then... Oh, I hate Minions. <laughs> I I am so over Minions. I hate it, too. Uh, uh, 
But like, I feel like Pixar makes movies that are like, okay, look, we have a point, we have a message, we have a story that we need to tell, and this is the best way to tell it. I think like that's what it seems like for me at least. Yeah, and and I mean, and I'll fully admit, Ratatouille is better than Turbo. I watched Turbo more because it's more of a background movie for me at this point, and it's uh-huh. a little bit more just entertaining in general. But Ratatouille is like, I can pull messages from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is a good piece of art, and so yeah, I mean. As a Turbo fan, I completely agree. I, I feel like I'm just playing fact checker here. Minions are not DreamWorks. It's Illumination by Universal. So See, DreamWorks. this is why we need you, Alan. I'll do stuff <laughs> like say that it's DreamWorks. I'll also do stuff like, who did I say directed Deadpool? I'm not over that yet. Oh, um, David Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> I'll say David Lynch directed Deadpool. Like This is, this is why we need you to fact check us. Yeah. Um, As you can tell, we are not real critics. We are not anybody you should base your opinion off of. We're just three guys in our 30s about that like don't to do talk that. about movies. So, <laughs> I'm so, so young, Ryan. So, 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 thank you for watching. DreamWorks <laughs> is responsible for such classics as The Boss Baby and Sh- Shrek Forever After and Ooh. Turbo Dreams- and Megamind, which most of those you can watch, you can listen to on our DreamWorks <laughs> DreamWorks triple feature that we did last year. Which is a fun episode, yeah, by the so way. I love that one. That out. So anyway, hold on. Moving on. I wanted to bring up critics because this movie brings up critics yes. in probably the most freaking in I mean I want to reserve my opinion. Hold on. How, what did you guys think of the critic? Anton Ego. So I knew about him from TikTok. And not because of the reason you would think. There, really? He came, this, there's this the college kid who came up on my For You page whose dad looks exactly like the food critic in this. So I've he dresses this. up his dad and makes him recreate the scene. And it's like spot on. And then his uncle looks like the other chef. Um, so he gets them to dress up together. And they, <laughs> so I knew, I knew who the critic was from that. Um, I really enjoyed the critic in this. It they almost make him seem like the villain throughout the whole thing. Besides the, what is this chef's name? Scooter, Skinner. Oh, the the bad one, Skinner. Yeah. yeah. Um, they almost make him seem like the emperor to Skinner's Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> but at the end, he he really like that moment where he has the ratatouille is like a moment of clarity for him and it like mm. makes him like it gives him a twist that I didn't you want to actually see coming in a in a simpler children's movie if that makes sense no I mean I think in a, a simpler movie he'd just be like wow this was great thanks good job guys and like that would be it what did you think Ryan did you think what did you think of the critic or what do you think of the critic I know this isn't your first watch I I think he's an accurate depiction of what top right critics are. <laughs> okay, so that's not to when I was. Yeah, that was my opposite takeaway from him because this is probably only my second watch of this movie. I watched it in theaters. I watched it for the podcast. Really, I know I'm I'm mad at me too. Um, but like, what if we like we're kind of critics? Mm-hmm. What if we walked into John Favreau's office and we're like? You better not mess up this latest season of Mandalorian. We'll be waiting. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's Kevin. insane of him to do that. Don't place me in your fantasy. 
<laughs> Dude, you're already there. No, it's the three of us saying that exactly the same time. No, it's you two, and I'm in the background rolling my eyes, apologizing to him for you two. <laughs> but, like, what right does that critic have to, like, burst into the restaurant and be like, I think you're terrible. Just you wait. Like, that's so, insane. I think in the world of Ratatouille, food critics, mm-hmm. and I think this is a little bit true about the restaurant world in general because you even have the same thing in chef a bad review from a certain food critic can make or break your restaurant and this food critic has been around the block for so long that his like one bad review gets a star taken away from you and i don't know if you guys know about michelin stars and how complex that that process is but losing a star is a huge deal like there, there are so many different things you have to do to get a star to begin with. Um, it's crazy. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I know the process is insane. That's why Gordon Ramsay's mad as hell all the time, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has to do that all the time. Yeah. Um, so they, they, in the food industry, a lot of weight is given to these critics who have the final say. And I don't think you. I don't think people are looking at like Leonard Moulton's reviews of movies and being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, he didn't like this, so I'm just going to write it off completely." I think in the film world, there's more, especially nowadays with like sites like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and Letterboxd, You have the critics' point of view and the audience' point of view, so you have two different mm-hmm. scores for each, and you'll see something like. Let's say Wonder Woman 84 critics might give it a bad score, but the audience likes it. Like, so it might be, it might not be certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but it might still have a good score from the audience. So I think in the, in the film and TV world, there's enough balance to, for people to make their own decisions. Whereas in the food industry, you're taking somebody's point of view off of one dish and it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like it, right? Yeah. And it is. And it's set up that way, exactly like Alan was saying. Because, like, I mean, like, to me, there's a difference between, like, car critics, movie critics, sports mm-hmm. critics. There's one thing. Because you could have somebody who's just good at writing and they're good with words and they get a job talking about something that a lot of people like to read about. Sports, movies, cars, that type of stuff. And then, mm-hmm. And then you've got industries that one person can make or break something. Food, theater... And damn, there's something else that's crazy with crit- art, art, art in general. So was it there's uh, Mel Brooks, History of the World. There's a scene where they're doing Neanderthals and they say, mm-hmm. and, he, you know, the birth of man gave rise to the birth of the artist. And it's showing some caveman doing a piece of art on the wall. And then he said, and then soon after you have the afterbirth, the art critic. And then some guy <laughs> walks into the cave and goes like, <laughs> at it and then like and then and of course the neanderthal artist is standing there like shaking and there's like his buddies are around him and then the mm-hmm. and, and then the critic gets up on a stone and urinates on the uh, painting on the wall and then everybody <laughs> takes it as like a bad review so i mean there are certain industries where it is known that critics can make and break people and be, you give somebody that much power and they turn into thanos and they turn into a complete a-hole Mm-hmm. And that's art, theater, food. So okay. to me, that critic and uh, 
and Ratatouille is a perfect mm-hmm. description of what these people look like. Uh, so he's not more realistic like, than are. I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, wanna, I don't want to belabor my critic point, but I have one more thing to bring up that I actually learned while researching this movie. Michelin stars, that's the tire company. Yeah. It's just a yeah. tire company telling us where to eat. It's based off of their travel guides. Yeah. Is it? See, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. that. I just thought it was like a tire company's telling people where to eat and somehow we all kind of like bought into it. No, when you get a Michelin star, the Michelin man comes and gives your restaurant an actual star. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah he no. did. He does. No, yeah, he but did. At the, first the Stay Puft yeah. Marshmallow guy comes yeah. and gives him a No, he doesn't. Not like a guy yeah. in a suit, the actual Michelin man. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they keep him yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to believe anymore. <laughs> okay, so here. Okay, Devin, I'm yeah. going to since that since that's how you think and believing yes. I'm going to get into why I'm referencing cars as much as I am in this later. Yeah. Um if I were to say Yamaha, what do you think? Motorcycle. They also make tires, they also make hard hats, they, and also they make, make my pianos. saxophone that I had in they make your elementary saxophone. school. They uh they made the entertainment center that I have that's attached to my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, they make mining equipment. They make pencils and pens and okay, office staples. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm saying that just because a tire company does restaurant ratings doesn't mean that it's bad. It means that there's a specific reason for it and companies can do more than just one thing. Oh, and the, I mean, you're right. It's just, it's so like when you do that and you step, like make it reductive like that, it just seems absurd. <laughs> it does. Ha- it really does. So, it does. It does. So, have you guys ever eaten at any Michelin-rated restaurant? And if so, what was it? Oh no, no, no. I don't think so. I don't know if any uh, of the restaurants I ate at in Italy were Michelin stars, but mm-hmm. I don't think they were. So, have you, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I did a uh, when I was in college. I like signed up for like a. Oh, uh, a restaurant. Oh, what's it called? When you learn what fork is used for what meal. Like an etiquette class. Yeah. An etiquette class. And yeah. we went to an actual like Michelin starred restaurant, but it was oh. in the Lehigh Valley somewhere where you know, I'm originally from in Pennsylvania. And I don't remember what level star it was. It couldn't have been mm-hmm. too high because we all got in for like, $75 each for like the course wow. and we got like the base you know like course meal and like how to you know like which one's the salad fork and the whole like titanic thing you know like That's oh cool. just you know you know it's like just start out on the far and work your way in <laughs> <laughs> like that's basically what it boils down to <laughs> well the next time we eat together i'm going to be watching for that etiquette so please no oh that. no i don't i don't have it at all you kidding me? We recorded one of these whole podcasts with me here like this, with my elbow on the table. Do you really think I followed any of those etiquettes? I didn't know if it could like kick in if you needed it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. No. no definitely not. Uh, I've eaten at a. It was a three-star Michelin restaurant in Rome. Um, one of my like the concierge at the hotel I was staying at was like. Yeah, there's some pretty good Italian food right around the block. If you just want to go there, it's called this. And, like, didn't tell us anything about it. And me and my old coworker had shown up, and it was just a three Michelin star restaurant. And it had, like, those, like, deer legs that they, like, shave parts off at the bottom of. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ooh. Yeah. Lamb yeah, legs. I, yeah, that, they might have been ham legs. It was probably ham legs and not lamb. a deer leg. But lamb. 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 Oh. 
Lamb. It was an animal. I don't know. It was an animal leg, and they were shaving parts is, off it. Devin, like, your vegetarian oh. is showing. It is though. Your vegetarian is really showing. I was like, I was like, oh, look at that real animal piece that they're just carving pieces off of. I guess this makes it fancy. It was delicious oh, food, dude, but that part it's like so good. Is it? There was there was a gyro place or euros place, however you want to pronounce it. Mm. Uh, in Bethlehem, and they have one of those legs on a spindle behind the counter. And whenever mm-hmm. you want like a real one, they go over and literally shave the meat off the spinning leg. It is so good. Wow. I'm yeah. hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> so this movie, I, this while, we're, while we're on the topic of food, mm-hmm. Ryan, you said you made ratatouille. Devin, have you ever had ratatouille? I have. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had it like they made it, though. And the way that they made it in the movie is actually a very specific subversion of Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and I can't remember the actual name of it. I had give it written me, down give here. Give me one it second. Later. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. pull it up. I've it had is, the kind that, like... Confit Baliadi? It's a more modern version of it. Yeah, I've had the more, like, the stew kind of, like Anton had. Okay. But I've only ever had it. I haven't made it. I've only ever had it uh, at the like Chef Remy restaurant in Disneyland Paris. Because uh, oh, you have God. to get ratatouille. You have to have ratatouille there. Like you can't not have it. Yeah. No. When uh, when when my wife and I made it, uh, she she uh, we made it in a skillet and we did it that way, where being like the pieces are laying on each other. With, like, oh, the sauce that's and cool. <laughs> and she put the. If you put it on Instagram, and oh my god, it's so good, but it's so much work to get that together. Did it you guys is, cut it, it or use like a mandolin? Whole afternoon. Why would you want to use a, a musical instrument no, to cut up vegetables? No, mandolin. It's a, it's a <laughs> you slice vegetables with it, or your finger if you're uh, me and don't know what the hell you're doing. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. No. We used a knife. <laughs> I good used the knife, you, and my man. wife used the knife, and. Dude, it's so good. Like, oh my god, it's so good. But it's so much goddamn work. Yeah. So Did you good. like it, Alan? I've never had it. Before oh. before we recorded, I watched the binging with Babish uh where yeah. he did Ratatouille. And I'm like, you know, I might be making this this week. So <sighs> it looks so good. I, yeah, I, I mean, hell, I might make that for dinner tonight. <laughs> that would be awesome. These- to, and and thing is, to be honest, I want it the way that uh, Ego's mom made it in the movie, where 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 was it? It, it just it just it looks like a stew. Mm-hmm. Like I like you know like I want to try that. Like like the, the way that my wife and I made it, it was amazing. But I want to taste it more like simply made. Yeah. Because like in the movie, they refer to it as like a peasant's dish, and I want to try the peasant's dish, not the Richie f- I fancy pants version. I want to try the fancy version. <clears throat> Like I have all the tools I need to make that. I've got the That's blender. Awesome. I've got the mandolin. I've got a knife that can cut the eggplant. Um, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna so, give that a shot. On the topic of food, this got me thinking about uh, the any time that I tried to be a gourmand. Uh, I was wondering what have any of you guys made that you're the most proud of? Like, what's your like the thing that you made? That you're like, Mwah, did it, chef kiss. Uh, and for me. I think Ryan's is going to be a great answer because I know he's not a chef. For me, I made a mushroom and salmon Wellington one night and it made me feel like a total boss. Um, for me, 
Oh, so many things come to mind. Like we talked about when I made the uh, the pork from Chef for the Cubanos. Yeah. That that was fantastic. But just this past weekend, I I bought some steaks and I marinated that. I made my own marinade with um, chili powder, cumin, um, garlic powder, paprika. And I, I let them sit for like a day. And then Saturday night, I put them in the skillet and then let them rest and then put in peppers and onions and made like fajitas out of them. Oh, and man. My God. Once I put the steak back in, sliced, and they were fantastic. Um, sounds awesome. So I've gotten to the point now where I can make my own marinades and like know what I want from stuff. So that's probably the m- most recent example I can think of. It's a dangerous level, by the way, because then you want to marinate everything. Yeah. Um, Ryan, let's hear yours. Okay, so I am not going to give an answer where Kristen left, like, instructions for me on, like, what to throw into the pressure cooker or what to throw <laughs> into the crock pot and just let it sit. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw all those out because that's just me following instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really ever like free formed anything from like mm-hmm. memory or so. I like sandwiches. I make my own sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and, and, and the thing is like, I'm talking like the friends episode with, with, you know, Ross and like obsessing over his, you know, like leftover Thanksgiving, like meats and stuff to make sandwiches. Yeah. Like that's what mm-hmm. I do. Like, I like, like the, the, I'll go into the fridge. I'll eat anything. Just put it in between two <laughs> pieces of bread. The best two pieces me- of bread. I'll eat anything. One of the best meals I've ever had is a leftover Thanksgiving day sandwich with a moist maker and cranberry sauce. I love that you do the moist maker. I do. Well, I don't, I don't do a slice of bread. I just put a layer of gravy. Cause by the time you make Got the it. leftovers, the gravy is hard enough that you can just like take a, dollop of it and spread it like mayo that's so I true put the, yeah I, I put it on the stuffing <clears throat> layer of the sandwich so that's the moist maker uh, and it can absorb it that's yeah, smart it it. that's yeah. clever look at you i went to a penn state tailgate once and the food was leftover thanksgiving sandwiches they had a smoker there they put a turkey breast on they Whoa. had stuffing cranberry sauce the works and it was the best tailgate i've ever gone to See, that's really awesome, though. I really love that. One day, we will we will be doing that ourselves. We will all be at a Penn State game eating turkey sandwiches. That and sounds ta- amazing. And taking shots of Jaeger. <laughs> Against Illinois. Sure. Is that is that a team they play? Yes. Uh, yes, okay. they're they're in the Big Ten. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're from Illinois. And uh-huh. I just, I'm saying Illinois because I'm from Illinois originally. And I don't really care if they win or lose because their football team sucks. It's more basketball with them. So I just want them to be playing Illinois just so I can say I was at an Illinois game. It'll yeah. just Penn be State's going to win that one easily. So it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> so to pivot real hard back into the movie. Okay. Uh, this is a question I wanted to ask you guys. And I actually forgot to bring it up in the beginning because we always kind of go through the cast list. I didn't go through the cast list. What did you guys think of the cast for this movie? And I, that's an important question for me because Patton Oswalt is one of my favorite human beings in the whole world. Like, I love and have seen everything he's done. I've memorized most of his stand-up comedy specials by accident because I've seen them so much. He's what drew me to the movie. I love Patton Oswalt. Yeah? Um, I was really impressed with this cast. Um, I did not realize that Colette was Janine Garofalo. Me neither until just now. 
Um, I recognize the dad's voice as Brian Dennehy, the late Brian Dennehy, who just passed mm-hmm. away last year. Um, so, I, like, once I realized he was the dad, it gave me, like, Tommy Boy vibes, because... <clears throat> right, because that's him. Yeah. Um, other I than that, didn't... Bra- Brad I didn't yeah, I didn't know Horse all- was Will... Oh, go ahead. I, uh, uh, Brad Garrett doing all of the accents for Gusto was, yeah. was fun. I didn't know Will Arnett was in the movie until I looked up that that was Will Arnett. Like, he did such a good job of not doing his typical thing. He was the... Which one was he? Was he the one who killed somebody with his thumb? Yeah. Okay. He was like the murdery chef. Ryan's looking at the IMDb trying to figure out who we're talking about. <laughs> Actually, no. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I'm on Google, and Devin was like, you're t- you know, it's like, let's talk about the cast. And I'm over here going, uh. Oh. I'm looking at them right now, and I don't really have, like. I mean, they all did good. I never even thought about looking up the cast on this ever before. So I'm just going, oh, okay, that's that person. Uh, I'm like, oh, this person. What else? Is, like, I'm literally clicking on movies and TV shows for all these people to see. Oh, Mystery Men. The ones in Mystery Men. Uh, <laughs> Which one? G- G- Garofalo. Janine Garofalo. She's in a lot. Yeah. yeah. She's she's pretty famous. Um, So here's the thing that I have with, uh, with, like, famous people in animated movies is that sometimes it gets a little distracting for me. Like, because I know that Remy is Patton Oswalt. I don't always hear Remy. I sometimes hear Patton. Janine Garofalo did an excellent job of not making me realize that was her, and so did Will Arnett. Like, they kind of melded into the background. But sometimes I can't help but hear the person and not the, you know, the character. Do you guys have that at all? Or is it, like, you're fine with it? Uh, It depends on the movie. Yeah? I think Pixar's a little bit better with their, their casting. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at something like Finding Nemo, like Albert Brooks, at that point, you didn't really know for much. And right. then Ellen DeGeneres was kind of like, that was before Ellen was a thing with her TV, with, with her talk show, at least. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gave her a resurgence. In 2007, Patton Oswalt wasn't known as Patton Oswalt. Like he was on King of Queens still. So he was mm-hmm. ve- very at much on the outside of the comedy world. But now he's like a, a household name from doing the Goldbergs and all of this other stuff. AP Bio, I guess, is a thing oh, that yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so I think Pixar does a good job of making sure they don't overwhelm the cast with too many stars. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like something like Megamind, you get distracted by the fact that, oh, yeah, that's Will Ferrell and that's Tina Fey and that's Brad Pitt. But like soul you don't really think too much about that being jamie fox or i can see that 22 being tina fey like yeah that one i think hit it well for me i didn't think too much about her but did you have that ryan like because i know you watch turbo a lot and like i'm not like that that with you guys i'm not like that with you guys like like here so i'm watching ratatouille and i'm hearing the Mm -hmm. characters and Uh okay actually perfect because Star Trek show mm-hmm. is yeah. got that guy from the boys, uh, mm-hmm. the son of those two actors. I can't remember his name or their name Meg, at the moment. Meg so. Ryan and Dennis Quaid. <clears throat> there oh. we go. The Quaid kid. Um, yeah, the Quaid so kid. So 
he plays like the one of the main characters in Lower Decks, and I know that, mm-hmm. and I love that. And when that character talks, I can visually see him giving the lines, but it doesn't take me out of the show because I'm still hearing the character. So the only time yeah. that that's ever a big so, like, thing you with can me suspend is like, your disbelief if, like somebody in those situations is... where I like for some reason just can't. Like with Snoop Dogg and Turbo. Yeah. Yeah, and like I just I. To me, I see the animation. This is who the character is supposed to be. And I love animation as a storytelling device. So to me, you can draw a squid and have, I, I don't know, Al Pacino being the voice of the squid as Al Pacino. And I'll just see a, oh, a squid that sounds like Al Pacino. Cool. What's, what's, what's the squid's name? Ray? Cool. A squid named Ray that sounds like Al Pacino. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Dev, did Ray That's me for you? Uh, I'm you, a little bit. Yes. We can still hear you. you. You're fine. Yeah, we hear you fine. That's great. And that's why I'm still talking. But like every yeah. now and then you, you're you like, you know, it's like you guys will freeze for like 30 seconds, just like you are right now. De- Alan, you've got your tongue sticking out a little bit and Devin looks a little confused. <laughs> oh, great. Now I mean, you're back. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm yeah. really trying to like and then and then, of course, I don't hear you guys. So luckily, you've, oh. you've been asking me questions when I hear you. And yeah. then I've just been kind of assuming what you guys are saying. Half You've the been time. handling it beautifully. I yeah. didn't even notice at all. All right, let's get let's get back out in front of the curtain. Uh, <laughs> Devin, you're such a fan of Patton Oswalt. What was your introduction to him? My introduction to him was actually his stand-up stuff. He had um, a, I think it was 2003 stand-up special called Feeling Kind of Patton. Um, and it ran on Comedy Central quite a few times. And I loved it. So, like, that was the thing that I saw him in first. And then, apparently, he was doing stand-up for years. And I thought he only did one until one day I was talking to a friend who likes comedy. And I'm like, whatever happened to Pat Oswald? He was so great. And he's like, he has eight stand-up specials. And that was, like, the best week of my life was, like, catching myself back up on him. So, have, like, yeah, it's that. Have you read his books? What? He has a book called Silver Screen Fiend, where he talks about his, I think it's several years of going to the movie theater every day to see a different movie. No. Yeah. Is it good? I I don't think I've read it. I think I almost did, but never got to it. Okay. Um, I, I really need to read that now, because that's amazing. And then his late wife's work helped get the... Golden State Killer? Yeah, that, that yeah, Michelle McNamara. Yeah. Um, and I forget the book, but I remember her name. Yeah, that's really cool though. What a cool couple. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you guys know from anything? Like, did you guys I, watch King of Queens and you're like I that knew, guy? I watched enough King of Queens on like TBS when there was nothing else on. That's like, oh hey, I like this guy. He's like the best part of the show. <laughs> oh. Um not what was his name? Not Kevin. the other uh not Kevin James. It was Patton Kevin Oswald. James. Kevin. It was um, Patton Oswald and um, Jerry Stiller. Like the two of them, because I think they yeah. would give them their own side arcs a lot. Like the two of them together made that show for me. See, that's cool. Ryan, have you seen Patton in anything? Uh, King of Queens. Some of the few times I've ever seen the show. Yeah. Did he like stand out for you at all, or are you just like? Eh. I don't know. For me, it was always the stand-up. I just really liked him doing stand-up. 
Because I'm a huge, I'm like a stand-up fiend. And of course, we have to talk about his cameo in Parks and Recreation, where he talks about the Infinity God <laughs> and Star Wars. Did you see that one, Ryan? The Parks and Rec no. cameo that he did? Nope. It was oh. back back before The Force Awakens where he uh, he comes in and talks about how Star Wars and the Infinity Gauntlet should make them come together into one universe because Disney owns them all. It's fantastic. I'll send it to you. It's eight minutes long and okay. he just it's all ad libbed <laughs> and he just goes and he's phenomenal. It's a filibuster. It is. <laughs> I, want, I want somebody to uh recreate that but in a um Bernie Sanders impression. <laughs> I want that now. Yeah. Um, just All right. Like, so I – oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you, you go. So I was going to say, I think the last thing that I have for you guys, and this is unfair, but I think I've asked you guys to do this every time we've seen a Pixar movie. Where does this fit in your rank? I spent a lot of time this morning doing this, so this is important for me. This is number five for me. Oh. Uh, and I can vamp because I know this is a hard ask. Yeah. But uh, yeah. for me, it is uh, Up is number one, followed by Coco. Uh, and then after Coco is um, Toy Story number three. Uh, and then it's Finding Nemo and then this movie. So that's like, it's, it's definitely top five. And depending on the day, sometimes Finding Nemo and this one switch. And, you know, I can, we can include the Disney animated movies, too, because technically this is a Disney and Pixar movie. It's the first one that they've made after the merger, so I think it totally, like, pans out if you include the Disney animated movies, too. Um, I'm going to put this below The Incredibles in Toy Story. Okay. But above <clears throat> Inside Out... And definitely above Cars. Like Cars is no. You really don't like uh, Cars? I don't. No. Um, Poor Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I say this is like mid-tier Pixar for me. Like it's not their okay. best, but it's one that I can see myself rewatching. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I was babysitting my niece and nephew and they needed to watch, they wanted to watch a, a Disney movie, I'd put this on. You throw this one on. I'd put this on over, like, Frozen. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Ryan, where does this sit for you? Inside Out, number one. Mm-hmm. Toy Story in general. Like, all four films, just as mm-hmm. one is two. It's still weird mm-hmm. to me that there are four of those. It's so, yeah. Yeah, same here. But they're still good, uh, though. Inside Out, all four Toy Story films. This, mm-hmm. Cars 3, and that's all I have shuffled right now. That's <laughs> because that there's totally so many. So, I mean, like, that's my top four. So it's, it's Inside Out, all mm-hmm. of the Toy Story films, this, and then Cars 3. Alan, have you seen Cars 3? No. I think it might change your mind on the Cars franchise. I'm not, I might not do it for the podcast. No. It's going to be for a while. I don't think it'll change his mind on Cars, but mm-hmm. I think it'll, I think, I, I think Alan's opinion of it would be, I'm still not a fan, but mm-hmm. this is what Cars 1 should have been. 
Well, let's find out within the next month when Devin makes us watch another Pixar movie and ask us to rank that, re-rank them all. <laughs> and then, and then I'll later. completely forget yeah. that I did it, and I'll be like three months ago, and you'll be like, "Devin, it was your last movie." <laughs> no, it's not even gonna be three months. It's gonna be three weeks because that's what happened with Soul. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna be right up there with the Carlin brothers on Pixar videos. <laughs> Perfect. So, real quick before we wrap yeah. this up, Devin, do you know how Ratatouille fits into the Pixar theory? Isn't Ratatouille the the start of the sentient like non-humans? Like, isn't that like the this like kind of the inception of them before or after Wally? It might. Be. I don't know if that was. I, I think it, it. So, Ryan, do you know the Pixar theory? Well, I know that the pizza truck is in Ratatouille. It, oh, the pizza trucks in all of them, yeah. and I love well, that. I'm, to me, I I figured that's the whole connection. Did, did you oh. see the pizza truck in this one? It's in there. It's in one of the street scenes. So the Pixar theory is that basically starting with Brave uh, and working its way all the way up until Cars, that Pixar is very slowly showing you the downfall of humanity and the rise of sentient objects. So it starts with a time-traveling Boo from Monsters, Inc., who becomes the old lady in Brave. She then starts the trend of sentient either animals or, um, or objects. Humans slash those sentient animals take over the world. The humans ruin the world, which is what they show in Wally. And after that is when the turn happens, when not just animals become sentient, but also things do. And the culmination of that is the Cars movie, when there are no animals or wildlife, everything is just a reincarnated, alive version of objects. And every movie that comes out gets thrown into that continuum. Okay, so I have headcanon right now that <laughs> the teacher that the teacher from The Incredibles uh-huh. trips into a accidental active closet door at school <laughs> and falls into the Monster Zinc factory, Scream Laughter Factory, yeah. panics, Will go walks through a different door by accident, ends mm-hmm. up in the future, in the uh, in the car's future, yeah, and finds the uh, the Michelin tire factory logo and falls down on his knees and goes, "You did it, you bastards!" <laughs> I'm on board. Okay. I don't know why, but every time I picture the teacher from The Incredibles, I just picture the teacher from Fairly Odd Parents. Because <laughs> they're, the, yeah. they're the same yeah, character. The same. Yeah. All right. I think I that does it on Ratatouille. Any all I got. thoughts? One thing, and it's real quick. Oh yeah. The reason why the whole car thing and motorcycle thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs was behind Pixar at first. This mm-hmm. is something that anybody who's looked at the history knows. Like not behind it, but like he was one of the people who were like once, funding it. Once like, George Lucas yeah. sold off his computer graphics company, Steve Jobs was invested in it. Yeah, yeah, investing in it. Yeah. So at the time, there was a lot of usage of Degati motorcycles or like European-looking sport bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the motorcycle that the one chef drives in in this movie. It looks, it looks like and sounds like um, a Degati type sports motorcycle that you would see in France. And actually, the whole Callaway thing on, on the side of the tank is kind of a nod to that. 
So really? that's why I've been bringing up motorcycles and everything in this is okay. like motorcycles and cars because of that reason, which that's what I noticed this time watching it that I'd never noticed before because she stopped and she saw the cookbook and it's like everybody can cook and she turns around and goes to cook with the rats. Mm-hmm. You can see the Callaway thing on the gas tank. Okay. And see, I never would have known that. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. So I, you know, they were using the Apple commercials. Steve Jobs was helping fund Pixar kind of, and it just, you know, one in hand, hand, hands were shaken. So, so there's one a, thing I have to bring up before we end it. Yeah, and that's say, why I, yeah. we just forgot to talk about yeah, it. It's about why, it. it's why this is culturally relevant now is a couple weeks ago, they just did Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. It raised over a million dollars for the Actors Fund. It did gangbusters because tickets were five dollars. And it's just a link. Like I could have shared the link with everybody and you guys could have watched it for free, but real people paid real money to see this. It's something that started off as a TikTok trend and mm-hmm. turned into something that Disney actually condoned and gave their approval of. Yeah, because I think they only did that because it was for a good cause. I've watched the TikTok musical Ratatouille thing grow over the last few months like especially during mm-hmm. the pandemic um i kept seeing like the the musical numbers and people dancing to it and then like when they finally announced the cast wayne brady was like talking like getting responses giving responses to the woman who wrote the song that he sang in it yeah it's, it's been a weird thing to watch have like grow into this big thing that raised so much money did you like see any of this ryan no, and you guys confused the hell out of me whenever we were talking about this originally because I had no idea about it. And then you guys are talking about a musical and be, you know, and I'm dyslexic. So uh-huh. seeing the word ratatouille without any real, like, you know, context around it to like get some, some like context clues to figure out what the hell the word was, mm-hmm. musical didn't help. And so <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you guys are saying. And then, you know, like I kind of felt like a jerk because, like, um, because I mean, like, I'm going, okay, what are you guys talking about? And you're trying to explain it. And I'm like, Ratatouille, okay, musical, what musical? TikTok, what are you guys <laughs> yeah. talking about? And it was like every time mean? you said something to clarify, three... it just made me more confused. There, there are three different concepts there that should not go together, right? But they did. <laughs> That's how weird of a year 2020 was. Yeah, <laughs> like that so... happened. So did any of you watch any of it at all? Yeah. I have seen clips of it, but I haven't watched. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go try to find it and watch the whole thing. Ryan, have you seen any of it? I've did. I mean, like, I know it's out there and I've been mm-hmm. interested to look for it, but I wouldn't even know where to begin. So I haven't even tried to search. <laughs> so not to ruin it for you guys, if you do plan on watching it, I think it's, Im- I'm going to be weird about this. I think it's important. And I think it's important because it's a novel way to put on a musical in a time when you can't really do a musical. I mean, I live by London's West End. All the theaters shut down. Everybody's really mad because these artists can't do their thing. This is a way for an artist to do their thing. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, there, I have my little kind of things with every single aspect of it, but... I think it's important. I think that it's it's a new way to do something that I didn't think anyone could have done before. Yeah. The stage actors are in such a weird time and place right now. Yeah. Uh, like, what are they doing in London right now for those actors? Are, is, every, is there any productions like film or TV going on there 
that you know of or they do have some they are doing some film and tv but it's socially distanced like in the same way that like you know anything that's being produced right now is okay. um but as far as the theater actors because theater is so big they're doing these things called like they're doing basically live streams where it's actually live you're looking at the theater but they have these excellent people do the the mixing and the audio produ- or the video production behind the scenes I saw um, Andrew Lincoln, the guy from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. Um, he played Scrooge in A Christmas Carol at the Old Vic, and I watched that happen, and it was phenomenal. And it set the weird tone for the the TikTok musical because I was expecting that quality, and it wasn't. But <laughs> they're still so good. Like, it, so they're they're doing what they can, but it's what they can do. I know in New York, shows like. Law and Order SVU have made a commitment to hiring Broadway actors while everything shut down. I so love I think, that. I think last week they had on Alex Brightman, who was Beetlejuice in the Beetlejuice musical. Aww. And if I say his name one more time, he's going to show up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so in LA is just a cluster it's right now. People, like yeah, it's, it's people doing whatever they can. Yeah. Like LA's I have a couple a, people. Yeah. LA is a mess. It is. It's well. It's like the epicenter of like all of these viruses, but people still want to be producing things because it's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. They're trying. I mean, mm-hmm. and the thing that's cool is everybody's trying. Like this is what makes people be innovative, and I like that. Yeah, and I think a lot of productions are doing the best that they can with the mm-hmm. circumstances, like trying to keep social distancing. It's weird watching some TV shows. Like we started, we started watching the season of the Goldbergs, and you can tell that like. George Seagal, who's the older oldest member of that cast for like the first few episodes that he's in, he's alone because they don't want to expose him to anyone. And it's weird. Oh, wow. And like, you could see like spacing, like they're, they're pairing up, they're pairing off in couples because you can't do productions without, and have like a boyfriend, girlfriend without them being close. Cause that, that's just a little too weird, but you can see like the spacing, mm. like the staging is weird in some shots. It's just, it's different. I think this is definitely like a time and a place. Like, I think like years from now, we're going to be able to see something be like, that's a 2020 production. Got it. Yeah. And like, it'll be instantly recognizable for and us. I, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. I think over the next two or three years, you're still going to have these. Cause if to- like, if Tom Cruise is going crazy on the set of Mission Impossible, like it's just gonna, it's, we're gonna see the aftermath of this for a few years. So, probably, if not forever, like it might change the way things are done forever. So, but hopefully what we get time. back. Hopefully we get back to a somewhat state of normal here soon. I'm gonna be honest. I just miss movie theaters. I miss going to the theater. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, I think that does it for today's show. Yeah. Um. So next week is my turn. And we, we hinted at this earlier, but Devin and I share a birthday week. And my birthday is coming up this weekend during the live stream, which you can find on Victim and Villain's Twitch channel. But in honor of my 30th birthday, I want to do a triple feature, guys. Yes. And I want I to. Love these. We're gonna, we're gonna take a look at films from thirty years ago. So films from the year nineteen ninety one. And I believe we all have our picks chosen. We do. So my pick is the Steve Martin Martin Short film Father of the Bride. 
Yes. Never seen that one. I'm so excited. Okay. Devin, what is You're your You're going to love it. Uh, my pick is the uh, Coen Brothers film from that year. Uh, it's Barton Fink. Okay. I have never seen that. Good. Ryan, I can't have wait. you? I've never even heard of it. Yes. <laughs> good. Good. Hey, Ryan, what, what is your pick? Oh, this is a movie I've wanted to do, but I don't think it'd ever fill up an hour. So mm-hmm. let's do Backdraft. Okay. I, my favorite never... firefighter movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> Better than Ladder 49? Don't work. Don't worry about it. Better than better than I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh God. <laughs> oh. Let me see if I can reach through the camera and just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, tune in next week for that. But make sure to check us out on the Victims and Villains live stream this weekend, where we'll be talking about season two of The Mandalorian, which Devin, I believe, just finished. Literally two days ago, or a day ago, I finished it. So we have not talked about it at all. So this is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So tune in for that. You can find out when we will be going live on our socials. You can follow Mm -hmm. us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. You have to watch this podcast. You can also listen to our podcast wherever you find podcasts. You can watch our live stream, except for the part where Ryan froze up for like five minutes. (laughs) <laughs> at least we didn't lose video this time uh, right. <laughs> so until next time for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin and we'll see you next week <laughs>